Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Alright, so it's another episode, and that means another blown lead for the Montreal Canadiens. It has become a disease this year, a curse maybe. I don't know what's going on, but it's bad. And clearly, we know we've known for maybe a little over a month now, They Montreal's not making the playoffs this year. And, you know, they did trick us into thinking that they had a chance, but, you know, we're all smarter than that. Let's look at it for what it is. They don't have a chance. And as we see, Mark Bergevin has hopefully, I believe, I'm going to say hopefully, because it's Mark Bergevin, you never know, acknowledged and realized that with the trading of Marco Scandella. And I've got to say, what a trade. Mark Bergeron has essentially gotten Scandella for free and then flipped it into a second round pick. We got a free second. We got a fourth and a second for him from the St. Louis Blues. Obviously, the St. Louis Blues fourth round pick isn't going to be as good as ours. But, and I do believe it was our fourth round pick we traded for Scandella. But, however, it's going to be like how many positions down like maybe 10 15 at the most it's not going to be that bad so i think that's a great move for mark bergevin and the montreal Canadiens. you know wish marco scandela all the best i actually really enjoyed his play you know hometown boy got the opportunity to play for montreal scored at the bell center nothing but the best for him um apparently they just they couldn't reach a contract negotiations and he didn't want to negotiate until the end of the season, so Bergeron wanted to get something for him. Totally understand that, so it makes a lot of sense. But with this big move, we have to look at what the Montreal Canadiens are going to do from this point on. There's a lot of time to the trade deadline, about five days. It'll be four when this episode comes out. I'm recording it Wednesday night. So with that being said... There's so many rumors going out there, especially regarding the Avalanche. There's a bunch regarding Boston. Um, I've even heard some stuff about Tampa inquiring with Montreal. So I'm sure a bunch of teams are talking to Mark Bergeron right now. The big one, however, are the Avalanche. Joe Sackick and Mark Bergeron have spent a lot of time together. This is As I'm recording this, Mark Bergeron is in Colorado as I am speaking to you. And him and Joe Sackick have been very um, sly as Bergevin is. They they asked Joe Sackick um, why Bergevin has been to two Avalanche games in the past two games. And he kind of smirked and said, oh, his daughter goes to the University of Colorado. And they asked Bergevin about it, and he just kind of smirked and was kind of, oh, you know, just flashed a grin and left it at that. So that's interesting. There's definitely something going on there. You know, a GM doesn't go to a team at this time of the season, spend two games there watching, and not have a reason, especially when that GM is Mark Bergevin. So there's definitely talks going on there. I have heard a lot of stuff regarding Thomas Tatar, Ilya Kovalchuk, even Carey Price. Now, I believe that is far-fetched. It wouldn't surprise me if um, Joe Sackick even threw his name out there because, you know, it's Carey goddamn Price. But, you know, the Avs actually have a pretty good goal, goalie in um, Grabauer. And, 
you know, he's been injured the past, I want to say like multiple weeks, maybe a month or so now. I'm not sure. I don't follow the Avs too, too closely. But while he while he's played, he's played very, very well. A .196 save percentage, 36 games started, 2.6 goals against average. He's played very, very well, some quality minutes. And then they have Pavel Francouz who is sensational, has been sensational for them, 0.922, 23 games played, you know, on a very team-friendly contract. I think they're fine at the goaltending position. Adding Carey Price to your team is never going to hurt you, especially when you're a team as good as the Avalanche, but I don't think that's realistic. Mark Bershon's not going to trade Carey Price. They're not going to be willing to give up what it would take to get Carey Price, and they don't need Carey Price. So that's I don't I'm not I'm not sold on either of those goalies being able to you know act, absolutely take over a series and win it for them, but I don't think that their goaltending situation is bad enough where they're gonna need to go out there and acquire Carey Price. I just think that's a bit a bit far fetched. I've been proven wrong in the past. You know anything can happen. Wayne Gretzky got traded. Literally anything can happen at the trade deadline. I don't know, but I really sincerely doubt. That is a possibility. However, there are some big possibilities around Thomas Tatar and Ilya Kovalchuk. You know, these are guys who could very easily be moved. I'm even hearing that they've been inquiring about Max Domi. So that'll be interesting. I personally am not a fan of, you know, moving Domi. He's still a young guy. I think he's 24, just turned 24. 72 points last year. You know, he's having a tough season this year. But I think he'll turn it around next season. And young center who's super fast, can play the wing, has great hands. He fits the modern NHL perfectly. And I just think it would be a step in the wrong direction to get rid of Domi. Whether, regardless what you get for him, unless it's an absurd amount of picks. You know, 37 points in 62 games. It's not what he was doing last year. But it's pretty darn good. He's also doing that on an 8.5 shooting percentage. That's going to jump back up next season to what it was the year before. And I believe, let me just check my stats really quick. Yeah, he was shooting 13.8% last season. And it's just some awful puck look. I think once his shooting percentage jumps up, you're going to see a lot more goals. See him hovering around that 28 goal mark. Maybe he'll hit 30. I really do think Max Domi is going to jump back. I don't think this is going to be consistent. You know, he still put up 109 points in 144 games for the Montreal Canadiens. He's a very quality player, and the whole team is going through a rough spot right now. So I just, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him moved. There's a lot of noise and smoke around it, but I don't think it's a move Bergeron will want to make. I think it'd be something that he'd have to be completely blown out of the water for. And, but the big, honestly, who I really think that the Avs are going for would be Thomas Tatar. And I've heard via Pierre Lebrun that Ilya Kovalchuk is on the Avalanche's list of players that they're interested in. So I think Kovalchuk's on a lot of teams' lists as kind of a backup to Chris Kreider. Um, we saw what Blake Coleman and Tyler Toffoli got. You know, Toffoli had very comparable stats on... To, to Ilya Kovalchuk, and he was not as hot as Kovalchuk has been lately, so that's very interesting. Uh, Blake Coleman, I think I would pick Kovalchuk any day of the week over him. Um, he got a first, so and some quality prospects. I do, yeah, some quality prospects. So 
Yeah, the trade deadline deals are going to be absolutely insane this year. Um, if Thomas Tatar can fetch a second round pick, that'd be insane. But if Blake Coleman got a first, like, if I'm Mark Bergevin, I swing for the fences and I, I raise that price, a second and a prospect or something. I'm not expecting to get a first round pick for Ilya Kovalchuk. That would be insane. I wouldn't be surprised if a team did pay that, but I'd be less surprised if it didn't happen simply because of his age, you know, just how his expiring contract, you know, he doesn't put out, like, the production's not there to warrant a first-round pick, just prices do get inflated. The one good selling point for Ilya Kovalchuk, however, is that $700,000 cap hit. That is an extremely team-friendly cap hit that most, if I actually, no, no other player at the trade deadline can offer that kind of mobility. Most teams that are going to be buying are pressed up against the cap. So I do believe that makes Ilya Kovalchuk a lot more, you know, intriguing, more interesting. People are going to look at him a lot more because he has that added benefit. And I think the Habs can jack up the price a little more because of that. And while I mentioned earlier that the Avalanche have been linked to Kovalchuk, saying that they have shown interest, he's one of the players on their list of guys they would be interested in acquiring. Um, the big, you know, name that we've heard surrounding Kovalchuk is the Boston. The Boston Bruins have reportedly kind of gotten out of the Chris Kreider race. I don't know if it was too expensive, if they got beat out by other teams, or whatever's happened there, but um, allegedly, this is what I've been seeing through Twitter and, you know, watching insider stuff, all that. I'm sure you can find that too on Twitter if you've been paying attention, is that they're kind of out of that, and um, Chris Kreider, you know, was their number one choice, but Ilya Kovalchuk was their second, so now they're focusing on him, and, you know, as much as I hate to help the Boston Bruins, there is a lot Montreal could acquire from them that would be very beneficial beneficial in building for the future. Um, Boston's probably going to have a very low first and second round pick this year, so their first round pick could almost turn into, like, an early second, and I don't know if they'd be willing to part with that. If they think Kovalchuk will honestly put them over the edge, you know, you could see something like that, or because their second round pick is so low, we could see a second round pick and a prospect. Now, Boston doesn't have my favorite list of prospects, and being honest, none of them are too exciting for me. They do have, however, a left shot defenseman named Jeremy Lazon. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Six foot two, 22 years old, you know, more of a defensive guy. He did put up points. Um, in junior, you know, his last year in junior, he put up 28, 39, 50, and 46. Um, with Providence over the years, you know, he's put up some decent points, like, not great. He was, he had 13 in 45, so maybe not decent. But, um, you know, he has played some NHL games this year. He played nine. I actually don't know if he's still up with the roster as I'm speaking, but I will check that out later. Anyway, so a left shot defenseman, six foot one. You know he's decently sized. Um, you know scouts say that he could pan out easily and be a, easily a top two defenseman. Something Montreal definitely could look into. You know with um, trading Marco Scandella, Kulak might be gone. Uh, we don't know what's. I don't think. Petrie's leaving for one second, but if they are going to trade him, you know, we would have a massive hole to fill on defense. So that would be someone that I think would be a great throw-in for a deal like that. Of course, there's a bunch of different combinations that we could see, 
you know, going into this, whether or not Montreal is going to make a deal with Boston. I don't know. I it's all speculation at this point. I have honestly no clue where Kovalchuk's going if he's staying. I've also heard that Mark Bergeron really wants to keep him. And um honestly you can't blame him. He's been so good for the locker room. Just a great leader, gr- producing well. He chose Montreal. I mean, didn't really have another option, but you know, he's embraced the city. We saw that video the other day of him playing hockey outside with his kids, having a great time. You know, Kovalchuk seems to be really enjoying his stay in Montreal. And you don't get, more so lately, I've noticed players have enjoyed playing there, but people don't sign in Montreal on free agency. And I've heard that's because of the massive income tax. You know, Canada's tough for income tax, you know, and Montreal is one of the worst cities for it. But also probably just the pressure. You know, playing in Montreal... As we all know, I'm. We all expect a lot from you. I'm one of those fans that come on here and bitch all the time. You know, I hate on Nick Cousins all the time. Man's got 22 points on the season, playing third and fourth line minutes. I credit where credits due, but I'm still gonna hate on him because of those mistakes. Whereas in another, another town, another hockey market, such as I don't know, like Florida, maybe he would probably be embraced, and that's just the culture of Montreal that's what it's like being a player you're gonna be scrutinized you're gonna be criticized you're gonna be insulted and people are really gonna put you under the microscope but when you're playing well and when you're winning there is no better city to play hockey so there's a trade-off there I think Kovalchuk's realized that you know fans aren't I don't think fans are really blaming the players this year um blowing lead has been horrible I think that we could put in better efforts that those Detroit games could have been the difference between us and the playoffs. But honestly, I think the injury buck has, you know, destroyed our year. Gross mismanagement by the front office. I think most fans have realized this. But anyway, I'm getting a little off track. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Kovalchuk, though. I personally... In my ideal world, I want them to trade him for a second or a second round pick and a prospect or maybe a high second round pick and then re-sign him next year. That would be perfect. That'd be literally like just a rental. Um we saw the Leafs did that with Roman Polak like twice, I think. That was kinda of funny. We could see something like that happen with Ilya Kovalchuk. I don't know if he would choose to re-sign with Montreal if they traded him, it'd be something they'd have to talk to him about. And I don't know if they'd have to inform the league that they'd had those talks. I'm not sure how those tampering rules go into play. But it's definitely a possibility. It's something we've seen in the past. Um, something that could definitely happen. I think that would be my ideal you know, scenario for Kovalchuk. I really do want him to stay with the Montreal Canadiens. So that would be interesting. On the other hand, however, if he does end up going maybe not to Boston and ends up going to the Avalanche, I actually think that would be even better because the return that we could get for him from the Avalanche would be much better. You know, I don't think the Avs are going... I think the Avs are either going to be out in the first round or they're going all the way this year. I don't think it'll be one or the other. I just have a feeling this team, if they're healthy, they can go the full distance and make a cuff run. This Avs team is very, very good. I just don't know if they will be healthy if they're not, I honestly think we'll see a first-round exit for them. It's just the playoffs are a different beast. The Avs are f- fucking amazing. They're a great team. They're very talented. They've got who I personally think 
is the third best player in the NHL. Sorry, Crosby's number one, McDavid's two. Fight me on that. Crosby will remain number one for a while. Um, McKinnon's the third best player in the NHL, and I think he's going to do great things. I think it's going to be him and McDavid for the next decade. But I don't see, you know, he doesn't have that experience. He's got one year of playoffs, really, and just I don't see him being able to lead that team all the way. Landis Cog, you know, very veteran captain, actually. He's been a captain for a long time, but he's still young, and there's not a lot of veteran presence, playoff experience on that team, so I don't know if they'll be able to last. So in saying that, I, their pick is, in my I, my opinion, going to be better, so I think that if Kovalchuk were to be shipped somewhere for a second-round pick, it'd be better if it was to the Avs. Um, plus, you know, he's not... There's no real situation where he re-signs with them and bites us in the ass next season so there's that added benefit but when looking at the abs i think you know we gotta really go to the elephant in the room and talk about thomas tatar what we think is going to happen with him and now this is really interesting i think this cause is more cause for debate than any other player on the roster you know we've heard him and jeff petrie are the two big names two big guys that we could see go at the trade deadline but i think the majority of Habs fans don't think Petrie's going. I know I don't. I think he's just too valuable. The position he plays and how he plays when Weber's gone, I think he's too valuable to leave, be traded. I think he knows that. I think fans know that. I think even Mark Bergman knows that. But Thomas Tatar is the interesting one because, you know, this man was a throw-in. People, I always forget that because in my mind when I saw the trade, Tatar was the main piece, because I've always been a big fan of Thomas Tatar ever since he was with Detroit. He was actually one of my favorite players. Just loved the way he played, skill, worked hard, you know, consistently put in 20 goals. He's one of, I think it was like 10 players over the past few years to consistently put in six. It was, inc- it was like elite names. Anyway, I just I always loved the way he played, so I kind of saw him as the centerpiece. But he was the throw-in for that deal. Vegas retained salary. The It was Nick Suzuki and the pick, and then Tatar. And, wow, what a trade, man. But, anyway, um, put up career numbers last year with 50. He's on pace to destroy that this season. He's been kind of cold lately, but I'm sure he will pick that up, as goal scorers do. They, they're very um inconsistent. They get hot quick. They get... Once they're hot, they put up a shit ton of points. I think we're going to see that with Tatar soon to close out the year, especially around trade deadline time. But, um, like, I think that the Avs are for real for this. I think the Avs want him. I think he would actually play in really well with the Avs. You know, Tatar's decently quick. He's used to playing fast-paced hockey with with the Montreal Canadiens. You know, it's a very fast system. They're very similar systems. But I think it would be perfect for the Yavs too it would totally complete the roster you know they've got that main line that you know just one two three punch of Gabe Landeskog Miko Rantanen and Nate McKinnon they've got a decent second line too right now it's Valerian Yashushkin, JT Comfort and Jonas Donskoy and all of them are having very good years you know kind of a redemption season for Valerian Yashushkin. um JT Comfort and Donskoy have both put up like decent numbers of points Jonas Donskoy has put up 
30 and 53, 14 goals, 16 assists. JT Confers put up 25 and 55, 8 goals, 17 assists. You know, that's decent. They're not outstanding numbers. They're okay. Um, Valerinish Gushkin himself, sorry, I cannot say his name, 24 and 53, you know, 12 goals. It's not bad. They're good numbers. Um, I think usually Andre Burakovsky plays on that second line on the right wing. I'm not entirely sure. He's he's the big part of that line. 44 points in 55 games. That is outstanding. He actually has more points than Miko Rantanen, although Miko Rantanen's done 41 in 42, so that's crazy. Gabe Landeskog's actually having kind of a bad year, 28 and 42, but, you know, that second line, they're okay. They're pretty good second line. I think if you add Thomas Tatar, who has... 54 points in 62 games with 21 goals. That is a huge upgrade over Valerian Like That team is going to be really, really good, and I think the Avs are going to be willing to pay a lot for him. And by a lot, like I'm saying you look at the price uh, that a Blake Coleman got, that uh, uh, Jason, sorry, not Justin, Jason Zucker got, you know, first round picks and prospects. Thomas Tatar easily gets a first round pick and a prospect. Or, and I, I'm throwing this out there because this would be a trade, this would be headline breakers. What it, you know, because I, I guarantee Mark Bergevin has asked about him, and if you know anything about the abs, you know the name I'm about to bring up. Thomas Tatar for Bowen Byram. Like, let that sink in. How amazing would that be? Bowen Byram, and if you don't know anything about him, this guy is legit. Let me read some of his stats. In the WHL, which is where Byron's playing for the Vancouver Giants, he has put up 64 points in 42 games. Now, only 9 goals, 30 assists. He put up 71 in 67 last season. If you don't know who Bowen Byram is, he was drafted 4th overall in the 2019 draft. He is insane, and I mean insane. He is going to be a bonafide superstar defenseman in the NHL. That's what he projects to be. He shoots left, you know. Ideally, if you're an Avs fan, you you just want this guy straight in your system, you know, coming up, not touching him, not thinking of trading him. And paired with Kale McCarr and then Sam Gerrard in that decor too, they're going to have an insane defense. Connor Timmins is another guy that obvi- that gets overlooked a lot in that system. Um, Bowen Byram, like, they're going to be really good, that top four. Saying that, they can afford to trade one of their star prospects. And if I'm Mark Bergevin, I'm going in there and saying the price is Bowen Byram. And, you know, I just think that would do wonders for the Habs organizationally, just in the defensive position, you know. You get our star, Shea Weber, he's aging, and then replace him with just... Bowen Byram, who's going to be offensively insanely gifted. Romanov is going to be a star defenseman in the NHL, but there are questions about the offense. So him and Byram paired together in a few years, that makes me giddy. And then you have Victor Mete still, Kale Fleury, Josh Brook. Um, 
Noah Juleson, if he gets healthy. Defensively, you're still going to have Petrie. Defensively, we are going to be so good already. Putting Byram in that mix would just solidify it. And even if Montreal can't get him, Connor Timmins, a guy who is gets overlooked a lot, he actually played with Mete in um, the World Juniors. I can't remember what year. Was that 29? No, I think it was 2018 Mete played in the World Juniors. Anyway, um, put up a lot of points with Mete. They played very well together. Um, see, he's been overlooked, Connor Timmins, simply because of injury. He was drafted in the 32nd, 32nd overall in 2017, essentially a first-round pick. If you look at his stats, he put up 41 points in 36 games his draft year with the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds. Then he did not play all of 2018-2019. He was injured for the whole season. Coming back this year, though, he's playing for the Colorado Eagles, their AHL affiliate. 22 points in 32 games. This is a 21-year-old kid, right-shot defenseman. We, we know the premium that NHL NHL teams pay for right-shot defensemen. He could easily do wonders for our prospect pool as well. So I think there's a bunch of different ways Bergevin could go about this. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm thinking, we need to trade Thomas Tatar. I know, what the fuck, Mason's saying we need to trade Thomas Tatar. But if that's what we can get for him, I think that it just the positive outweighs the negative here. And I love Thomas Tatar. I literally mentioned that just before we started talking about this. He is one of my favorite players. And he has become one of my favorite Montreal Canadiens, you know. I, I, I'm getting his jersey. I ordered it already. Like, I, I'm in love with Tatar. And I think what he provides for our hockey team, it, it goes above all the point production. He's great for the locker room. He enjoys playing like Kovalchuk. He just, he brings a flash and he makes the games fun to watch. But this team is not going to compete soon. And I think I'm starting to realize that more. I think the fans were all starting to realize that more. So trading him for a prospect like Byram or Timmins is only, it's going to hurt us short term, yes. But it's only going to pay dividends later. You know, I think it would be the best move. I think Bergevin, I think that's who he's asking about. If you had to ask me what he's doing at Colorado, it's not for picks. It's for one of those two guys. Connor Timmins or Bowen Byram. If it's Timmins, you're probably going to see another pick going the, the way, a second, maybe even a first, because of how jacked the trade deadline prices are. Bowen Byram, I think it'd be a one-up deal. Um, the Avs would really have to be confident that Mika Rantanen's coming back, though. So I think if we're going to see a Byram deal, it's going to be at the last second. They're going to have to get more information about Mika Rantanen. He, if you don't know, he went down injured. They're going to have to really think that they have a chance at the Cup this year. And I think they do if you add Thomas Tatar. I really do. And we could even see, you know, they're inquiring about Kovalchuk, Thomas Tatar and Kovalchuk going over and making a run with them, which only would only improve their chances more and then getting more back. There's a lot of opportunity here. And I think that if Mark Bergevin's the smart guy I think he is, he's going to pull the trigger on Thomas Tatar. I think you just have to at this point. When we... When we went into this deadline, you know, 
I didn't know what the prices were like, and I was totally against trading Thomas Tatar. But when you see what teams are willing to pay for this guy, I just... I think you have to. And keeping in mind that next season, if this team is still trying to make the playoffs, Nick Suzuki's got 40 points in 62 games his rookie season. He's now third in rookie scoring, but like the last half of the season, he has been on fire. We're only going to see that pick up. He's gonna. I think he's gonna pick up right where he started next season. Philip Deneau, you know, I think he's gonna have. He's having a strong year. I think he's only going to increase as he has every year. Brendan Gallagher's missed a lot of time. He's gonna come back. You know, could easily put up 60 points for us. Jonathan Drouin's going to return, and you know, be able to play this year. I think he's gonna return to form. Max Domi, as I predict, you know, we're gonna have a lot of scoring options. I think Kakinyemi's gonna play better next season. Um, we we might see. You know, Paul Byron's going to be back, you know, putting up goals. He's easily a 20-goal scorer again next season if he remains healthy. We might see Jake Evans remain come back up with the team and remain and put up some points. I think that Montreal can easily replace that point production that Thomas Tatar brings. Maybe easily is an overstatement, but I do think it is possible, and I think it's a lot harder to find... A, B-level, amazing, elite defensive prospects like Bowen Byram and Connor Timmons. So I think this is an opportunity Mark Bergman has to take. As much as it hurts me to say it, Tatar, I love you. Thomas Tatar, like, you know, he's iconic for us. But if this is a trade that Mark Bergman can get done, I think he has to. It's essential for his job, and it's essential for the health of this organization to do so. Anyway, I have gotten so overly excited recording this episode. I can't wait to see what happens in the trade deadline. It's going to be super interesting. We will have one final episode before the trade deadline. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. So I'm going to save some of it for then, although I probably won't need to. It's been a bit of a longer episode, so I'm going to end it here. Just once again, a quick shout out. You can always follow me on Twitter at HabsNightly, where I will be posting updates on when the episodes are released. I've been really bad about doing live game analysis lately, but you know I am trying to get back into it. It's something I keep promising. It's tough. I'll get there. I promise. Um, I also you know retweet stuff that I see from insiders. So if you don't follow any of them, you just want to follow me. I do retweet a lot of the stuff that I say, so you can get it all in one follow. Also, make sure you follow the Hockey Podcast Network official Twitter account at, t- at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Anyway, as always, I've been Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly. Thank you for stopping by.